Welcome to the first episode of season two of Two Guys One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. So for those that don't know, or for any of our new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it, with the idea being that we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, our devoted listeners. Exactly. We're not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. So hopefully by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Yeah, right. Let's get to it. This week's topic is, drum roll, wine. So then, Liam, this week we are discussing wine. So people know what we do each week is we just give our thoughts on what we think we knew about the subject or what our opinions were before we started the research. So, Liam, over to you. Right. Two episodes ago, we did Michelin stars, and I said that I don't know squat all about food. At least I've eaten food. I don't know diddly squat about wine. I'm pretty sure I've not even ever drank it. Uh, the only thing I know, and, and it turns out this isn't true because I researched it this week, the only thing I thought I knew is that red wine gets you more drunk than white wine. And it turns out that's not really true either. <laughs> I don't know anything, basically. I know nothing about red wine or white this wine. This is pretty cool. So this this should be really helpful then. Having, yeah, done, I mean, I... having done the research and the reading and actually finding about something that you know diddly squat about. Yeah, I actually do know some about it now. So hopefully I'm going to share some knowledge with everybody else. What about you, though? Uh, what do you know about wine? Um, I know very little. I know, I know a little bit about, or I thought I knew a little bit about what you pair certain wines with food and i know i know personally that i like red wine heavier red wine to to white wine but in reality i know very little one of the things that i i've always wanted to be better at and then never actually got around to doing is if you go into a restaurant and someone hands you a wine menu me having any idea what to do with that wine menu what i'll do is i'll just hand it over to somebody else and say yeah you can pick the wine i don't want to do it I'm not sure I've ever been in a restaurant posh enough to pass me a wine menu. So <laughs> I wouldn't, I mean, I know what to do now because I've read about it, but until that point, I've never seen one. So I'm not sure I'd know. Nice. So then Liam, should we jump in then and actually start talking about wine and do what we do most of the time? We just take it back to the basics. And what we can do here is just even just let people know what the basics of wine is and what some of the history is about it. Yeah. So um, each week, you know, we don't always look at the exact same stuff as each other. So I didn't actually read too much about this. So do you want to say what wine is and sort of some of the history about it? Yeah. So wine, for those that, that don't know, it's an alcoholic beverage, which is made with fermented juices of grapes. And technically, any fruit is capable of being able to be turned or used for wine, such as apples or cranberries or plums. But if you're ever talking about just wine, then it's safe to know that it's only ever been made with grapes. Okay. Um, and then the other wines would be called something like apple wine or cranberry wine or plum wine. Yeah, okay. Um, and in terms of the, the history of it, they've managed to date it back and find the first ever evidence of winemaking happened in Georgia. And um, when I say Georgia, it's Georgia, the country, which is in Eastern Europe. Okay. Just north of Turkey. 
Um, and its its capital is Tbilisi. Yes, that's it, Tbilisi. And it, they found they've got evidence of finding wine being made from eight thousand years ago. Wow, which is pretty crazy. So six thousand BC. And there was some other interesting stuff I read around this where they know that people were making wine since six thousand BC, but there's nothing written down anywhere for the first five thousand years. So how do they know that they were making the wine? So they've, they've managed to find like the winemaking equipment. They've managed to find some pottery, which has, they've carbon dated it. And they've okay. managed to actually look at what the, the residue and the material was and decode what some of the, the, the fruit was in there. Wow. So they know it was wine, um, but nothing was written down for 5,000 years. So they, they know that what was happening is people were just passing it on through generations and families. Um, of just teaching them how to make this this wine. Wow, that's that's right. lots of the things we seem to do on our pod are from a very long time ago originally. Have <laughs> yeah. we done anything that started recently? I don't know. Maybe nanotechnology. Yeah, and cryptocurrency probably, but everything else is way back thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. So how do you then actually make wine? What goes into it? So it's pretty much what you could, if you guessed, you'd probably get it right. It's the juice um, of the grapes. Now, white wine is just the juice of the white grapes. So you take the juice, um, you get rid of all the skin and the mush and the pulp, and you ferment it by adding yeast and it becomes alcoholic. But red wine, so interesting fact, not a two guys, one topic takeaway, but very interesting nonetheless. The juice of a red grape is actually pretty clear. If you've got some red grapes and squeezed them, it would not come out red. It comes out pretty clear. Okay. To get the color in a red wine, they ferment it, so they add the yeast with the skin and the pulp, and it's all crushed together in like a mash that they leave the skin in and then they ferment it and the color gets pulled out of the skin. So it goes red. Yeah. Later on, they, I don't know, sieve off the all that gunk till they're left with just this juice that's now gone red and alcoholic and then it's red wine. Um, rosé, very similar. Um, they, they do it like red wine, but they pull it out sooner while it's still just relatively pink, you know, while the, the white juice has gone pink. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's worth us saying though today. We're going to focus a bit more on red and white wine, aren't we? There's lots of types of wine. You you know, sparkling, port, you know, champagne, th- things like that. If we focus on everything, we'll never get to the end of our pot. <laughs> exactly. I also I also read around that wine grapes are different to table grapes. So the the ones that you buy at the supermarket. So wine grapes, they're specifically grown. They're smaller. They're sweeter, and they have lots of seeds in them. Okay. And Nearly all red wines come from one species of grape. Oh, wow. So what we'll get onto later is how you then recognise different grapes and their different types of wine. But they all come from one species called the Vitis vinifera. But then there are, there are about 65 different versions of this particular grape. Interesting, because the names of the wine... Oh, the name of a wine is the grape, isn't it? It's the, is it the species of grape? That's right. That- that the wine was used. So like, I don't know, like Carbonet Sauvignon, that's the name of a grape. How well did I say that, by the way? That's pretty <laughs> close. Carbonet yeah. Sauvignon. Uh, that's the name of the grape that they've used to make the wine. Yes. But you're saying they all come from the same species of grape. They've just all evolved into the different versions, I guess. That's right. Yep. And then you get the different tastes. 
Okay, so we've talked about like the history of wine or a little bit of the history of wine. We talked about how you make the wine, which is essentially just from the juice or the, the mushy bit and the juice. How do we work out which wine goes with what? I think when we were discussing this episode, weren't we? We were saying something we'd really want to know is how do you know what to pick in a restaurant? Yep. Essentially, if you walked into a restaurant, how do you know what to pick? So how do you know what wine goes with what? Did you learn any of that? Yeah, so the, the, the term for this is pairing. So for pairing your food, the, the way that they, they phrase it and they say is that heavier food goes well with heavier wine. So red wine is usually served with red meat and white wine served with chicken or fish. Um, and when you come to pairing a wine with a dessert, you go for a sweet wine. Yeah, the wine should always be sweeter than what's on the plate, I read. Oh, so okay. Got, or as sweet or sweeter than. So if you're having something particularly sweet on your plate, you should get a sweeter wine. It's quite, um, it's, it's the word subjective, isn't it here? Like, like you can, it depends on what your preferences are. So saying that you should do this or should do that is quite difficult. Yeah. One of the things that I found that was recurring when I was reading about pairing wine is that you should just treat the wine as if it were an ingredient on the plate. Uh, okay. Or with the food. So, for example, red wines tend to taste like cherries, berries, you know, raspberries, those sorts of things, dark fruits. Whereas white wines are a bit citrusy, aren't they? Apples, pears, lemons, limes, that sort of flavour. Yep. So if you're cooking something that you would happily put apples with, just get an apple flavoured wine. Okay. And you, you're not going to go, well, like, personally, you don't need to worry about everybody else. If you know you like apple. So apple goes well with pork, doesn't it? Roast pork. You yes, might put that right. on there plate so if you know you're cooking roast pork get an apple flavored wine if uh blueberries go really well with duck breast so if you've got a blueberry flavored red wine smack it with your duck breast and you'd be fine nice. now just for the record you could you know we might have from listeners now going how does liam suddenly know everything about food this is research i don't actually know that blueberries go with duck breast i've researched <laughs> that <laughs> so yeah so basically so treat it as an ingredient so if if, if you've got yeah, if you can think of what your wine tastes like, get uh, put it with food that you would like those flavours, that flavour combination, and then you're going to be pretty safe. Perfect. Um, and then obviously, you know, if, if you happen to like the fact that apples go with, I don't know, whatever, a curry, if you like doing that, then get an apple wine and have it with your curry, and it's going to taste nice in your head. You know, yeah. When, when you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just having that confidence to do it, isn't it? Because the whole... The whole thing about wine and wine tasting can feel very pretentious and it can be that you can't, you can only do certain things. You can and can't do this. Where I've even been reading that people are now starting to chill their red wine. Okay. Uh, which is a, you know, days gone by, that was a, an absolute no, no, but people are experimenting and it's coming back to that. You do what you like the taste of. I remember experimenting at uni. I went through a big phase of red wine and Coke. I had a lovely drink, half of red wine, half of Coke. So, uh, you know, experiment with that, people. As getting towards the sangria. So what we what we were thinking about next is just some like wine list hacks. So going into a restaurant, as I was saying at the start, getting handed the wine list, the wine menu, can be a really intimidating thing, especially if you're wanting to then pick a wine but you just feel like you can't do it so yep. we thought it'd be good to maybe have a look at some wine list hacks and maybe just share some knowledge on what's the the best way of navigating a wine menu absolutely I, yeah so you're going to get a wine list now a lot of 
the time they've been put together by the wine expert in the restaurant haven't they and who is that person what's their name liam just before this we were watching a youtube video to try and pronounce this is he a sommelier i think that's right some somalia (laughs) we don't know what the word is the wine guy the professional his job, right? So this guy is a wine expert. He they they typically work in really fine dining and fancy restaurants. Um, but their job is to develop this wine list. Um, they they know all of the wine the restaurant has got, both on the list and just out the back. They have developed the pairings of the wine to go with the food because they know everything about the wine. Um, it's basically their job to know about their wine. So they've put together this wine list that we've been given. Yep. So it's one of the well, one of the obvious hacks is to just speak to the sommelier that just kept that kept coming up time and time again and it's that thing where people feel that pressure that they should know more about wine they Mm -hmm. should be more informed but there's no real reason why you should be and so people then just aren't confident enough to then ask the sommelier (laughs) ask the sommelier about the about the wine and the wine menu and, and the choice on it but um so not Every restaurant is going to actually have a sommelier, no. are they? You know, they're no. not all going to have them. There aren't. We were reading about master sommeliers, which are like the, the top dogs. There's only about 300 of them in the world, you know, and they're earning big bucks just to sort out these posh restaurants. But there's not always going to be one of them in a restaurant. No. So we then didn't, we started thinking about, well, what if you've got a wine list in just a, a sort of posh restaurant? Yep. There's nobody to ask. Yep. I mean, I suppose the waiters might know, but but are there some little hacks you could just adopt? Yes. And one of the things that I know that I've been guilty of before would be interesting people listening now. Drop us a little message if, if you've ever done this. You've gone in, you thought I'm going to get a um, going to get some wine and you've regularly go and order the second cheapest wine. <laughs> on the list. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that is that is a definite thing that a lot of people do. And it's it's not necessarily the worst choice you can make, but um, and it's it's probably been picked as a wine that most people would like but it is definitely got the highest markup in the restaurant so they know that people go into the restaurants they pick the second cheapest so for value in terms of you're paying more money for something that isn't worth as much as what you're paying yeah 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 so to basically try not to order the second expensive bottle if possible yes yeah that's right yeah another another good one i read was um Try and buy something that you've not heard of because the restaurant, and if there is a sommelier, then maybe the sommelier, um, they will try or taste so many wines that if they've got a wine from, a, from, from somewhere you've never heard of or it's a wine you've never heard of, it's probably pretty good. Yes. They wouldn't put it on the list. Um, so if there is something you've never heard of, might be worth giving it a go and trying it. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. And there is also um, a, another good tip that I was reading about that to weigh the price of the wine against the year. And so this is if you're only going to pay a pound more for a 2013 red wine compared to a 2015 red wine, the taste will probably be worth it for you spending that one pound more yeah. for getting something that's, that's um, older. Yeah, there's a general consensus, isn't there? Although not always true, but wine tends to get old, um, better as it gets older. And I'm sure there'll be people screaming at this going, that's not true in this case. And that's probably not true in some cases, but for the most part. Yes. 
if you if you're not really up to speed on wine, an older wine is probably better than a younger wine. Yeah, as a as a typical rule of thumb, just on that on that value and trying to get value, just sharing something about the way that the restaurants price that traditionally restaurants will price wines by the glass at the wholesale cost it was for them to buy the entire bottle. Wow. So that means you'll be buying a glass of wine for, I don't know, six pounds. Yeah. Actually cost them six pounds for the whole bottle. Wow. Yeah. So always buy a bottle if possible, if you want to make <laughs> save money, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. To get the most value. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just one more thing. If they do have a sommelier or even, I don't know, a half decent waiter, I guess, ask them. They When they make a wine list, the wine list should pair with their menu. So if you don't know what wine goes with their food, ask them. If you say, right, well, I'm going to order this steak that comes with this sauce, which wine goes with that? They will know or they should know which of the wines will go with it. So, you know, give an ask and, uh, you know, let them suggest something and chances are it'll be a decent wine. Yeah. And it, coming back to that that age as well, I was reading about the origin of the term vintage. That's often okay. a, a term that comes up with with wine. Like, what was the vintage of it? And it comes back to the first part of the word vint. That means winemaking, and then age was the year that it was made. Okay, so that's what the actual word vintage means. So and it came from wine. Yeah, exactly. And then it refers to the season of that grape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously grapes only happen once a year, don't they? Like yeah. grapes. <laughs> like they only, what's the word? What's the word? I don't ripen? know. Ripen? Yeah, ripen. That's the word. They ripen like once a year. You can only pick them once a year. That's so right. Whenever that is, that's that's the age of the wine, isn't it? When the wine yeah. was picked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they then harvest, they then harvest the grapes and then that becomes the, the vintage. And yeah, and vint means winemaking and age is obviously age. Well, hopefully those tips help. Hopefully take on board one or two of those that'd be nice one more tip what's in a glass did you happen to read about wine glasses yeah i did a little bit actually because i i think people can do this at home like lots of people obviously are going to sit down after work maybe they've got us on while they're having a glass of wine okay how what do you read about glasses i i was reading that um the shape of them is actually important and that you only ever fill the glass to so you don't fill it all the way to the top with your wine and you only fill it you fill it to the widest part of the glass is that yeah. right yes yeah, so you fill it as wide as you can and then where it gets thin at the top they call that an, an aroma collector or, okay. or something like that and then the idea being that that little that air at the top aerates the wine and then the aromas come out of the wine um because supposedly uh you know you can you know you taste it via smell so the first thing is you, as you go to drink the glass, your, your nose goes towards the glass, you smell it, and then off you go, and you're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. So, yeah, so if, you feel, if you've got a glass of wine, nice. you flip to the widest part of the glass, and that should make it taste nicer. Give it a little swirl around, get some of those aromas going, and then off you go. Did you also read about how you should hold your wine glass? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you've got a, the stem is not there for decoration, is it? You should hold it by the stem because... <laughs> yes. Um, if you like sort of cup it underneath, underneath with the bowl of the, the glass in your hand, you'll be inadvertently warming up that wine. Yeah. 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 Nuts. So, so there'll be people now wandering around holding their stem like they're supposed to, uh, giving a little swirl around. They've only filled it halfway and someone's somewhere's going to ask, why are you doing that with your wine? You let them know. Cause the two guys on topic told you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
But it's not always true about that smell, though, is it? I think you texted me earlier in the week about an experiment. Yeah, and again, it just comes back to this, you know, part of this pretentiousness that is associated with wine tasting and, and with the industry that some people are there deliberately maybe trying to trip it up or disprove things. Um, but there was actually a, a, a chap who conducted a study and he didn't mean this the way that it came out, but he had really interesting results. In 2001, there's a guy called Frederick Brochet. He got 27 men, 27 women who were wine enthusiasts to come and be involved in an experiment. And what he did was he gave them on the first week a glass of white and a glass of red, and he asked them to describe what the smell and taste of that they were getting from both of them. Yeah. He then made notes and took all the notes down of it. He got those same people to come back a week later. He gave them a glass of white and a glass of red again and asked them to denote all of the the flavours and everything that they were getting from it. But the difference this week was it was actually two glasses of white and he just put in red food colouring into the white wine. (laughs) But the interesting thing was that they were describing the second week that the red wine still had all of these cherry flavors and it wow. was still very shiroki and it was raspberry flavors that were coming out of it. And really it was just white wine with some red food dyeing. So maybe you don't need the aroma collector in your white wine glass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because maybe it's not nothing to do with aromas. So, that, is, it, so that, that experiment's caused a little bit of a, um, yeah, a little bit of furore in the, in the wine world of people wow. then tr- trying to be caught out. Yeah. Okay. So, well, fill your wine glass halfway, get your, your aroma collector going, but it might not actually do anything. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. There was there was something else I meant to I meant to mention to you. Did you did you read anywhere about when you see wine being stored? Did you read why they lie it down? No. Yeah. Uh, isn't it? No. Something to do with the something to do with it's something to do with the cork, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Isn't it something to do with like the cork doesn't rot or something? I, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So the reason why they, they lie it down is it keeps the cork from dwindling and drying out. And okay. then if it were to dry out, it could then potentially shrink and then drop into the wine. Ah, there so, you go. Yeah. yeah, the liquid coming into contact with the cork continuously prevents any air leakage as well from coming out and keeps the cork as its actual shape. There you go. Turns out I did read that earlier in the week, obviously. <laughs> well, Wine is very interesting then, isn't it? Like, obviously we said, you know, there's so much you could talk about. We, we've got so many notes about which types of wine go with, you know, get a Cabernet Sauvignon, goes with a lovely dish, whatever. Hopefully we've touched on enough of it that, that you can just take some little tips from this. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it is a huge subject and it might well be something where we we then revisit it in um, in time to come and narrow it down even further. We have I, We have actually got an interview, don't we, lined up? Yes, we have. Yeah, we have. So, so we'll, we'll ask some more questions there. Hopefully that will come out around about the same time as the episode, which would be great. So, but you got any takeaways this week then? Yeah, I have. Mine's all to do with the oldest bottle of wine that still contains wine. So it's not just the wine bottle. And it's a, the bottle has been dated from 325 AD. So what's that? 1,700 years ago, roughly? Yeah. So it remains unopened and it's the Speyer wine. It's believed to be the oldest bottle of wine in the world. And it was found in 1867 as part of a sarcophagus 
in a Roman grave. So wow. what they used to do was they would bury, the Romans would bury their people who were high up with daily artifacts and wine was one of them. It was found with a whole bunch of wine bottles, but either the, the wine had dripped out, fallen away, or the bottles had smashed. So this is the oldest one that's left. And apparently you wouldn't want to drink it because it looks absolutely disgusting. We'll put a picture <laughs> on our, we'll put a picture up online just so people can see what it is. Um, but yeah, unusually it's managed to survive and there is a general consensus that it is definitely wine in there, even though they've been talking about if they should open it or not. Um, and wow. they up until now decided not to. Yeah. So the, just to recap that long two guys, one topic takeaway is the oldest bottle of wine you could still drink today is from 325 AD. Wow. But so mine, my two guys, one topic takeaway talking about the Romans is where the term to toast came from. Okay. And actually it's funny because we've been asked, haven't we, a few times to do an episode on famous sayings. So this might've come up and you know, it might be something we do in the future to toast. So uh, what they used to do is they would put a piece of toast in a glass of wine because the piece of toast would soak up any of the bitter or acidic sediments in the wine, leaving the wine a bit more pure, a bit more tasty. They would take the toast out and they would drink the wine. Ah, nice. That's what it was called. And very similar along the same lines, another saying comes from wine, to drink to one's health. Yeah. Uh, That's also from around that time where what they would do is they'd give each other, the, the host of the party would give everybody wine and he would drink the wine first, to show that he hadn't poisoned anybody. And the thing he would say as he did it would let's let's drink to your health, implying that you're you're gonna be all right drinking this. Uh, and he would have the first sip. Nice. So, to toast and drink into one's health are both wine-related sayings. I like that. Oh, very nice. That sounds good. Oh. So then in summary, Liam, somebody who potentially has never drank wine before, tasted it in their life. What do you think? Coke. <laughs> what do you now what do you now think you know about it well i know two things if i go to a restaurant i'm going to ask somebody what wine to try yep. i'm going to trust that that i'm going to trust the system that they're going to give me the right wine that's going to go with it because that's their job and secondly um if if i'm doing it perhaps i'm, I'm doing some cooking which i won't be doing but if i was cooking something i would definitely consider what the wine tastes like and the sorts of food that flavors go with and then you can put them together something like that nice by yourself yeah, yeah, very similar. I think it's I've got some idea, you know, about what it what it is I would do now with a wine menu, how I would then pair something. Um, and something else we didn't really touch on too much was about budget. And it's just, you know, you work towards your budget about what it is that you want to pay. Yeah, you you just pay whatever you feel right. Don't feel you need to to pay more for wine than, than what's on the menu. Um, so yeah, I'd I would feel more confident picking something that I think hopefully other people would like as well that are at the table. And I feel a little, I know a little bit more about wine now. And hopefully everybody else does because we have shared that knowledge. Definitely. (laughs) Nice. So yeah, thanks very much for listening, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed it and um, you know a little bit more about wine. Yeah. Get on Instagram or buy yourself some merchandise because that is now live. Thank Thank you very very much. much, See you later. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening to that episode all about wine. It's much appreciated. Hit us up on the socials at Two Guys, One Topic if you've got any thoughts about this episode or if you've got any um, 
ideas for future episodes that you'd like us to do. Hopefully later in the week, we're going to have a special interview with an expert all about wine, which you might want to listen to. Should be quite good. Other than that, see you next week. Thank you very much.